I'm Ryan Kelly, and we're here with the Motorcoach Channel at the Bus World 2023 in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm here with the president of the American Bus Association, Peter Pantuzo. Peter, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Ryan. Always good to be with you. It's great to be here in Detroit. It's been a lot of fun. We've seen a lot of friends. We've seen a lot of equipment, and uh, you're, we're kind of right there in the middle. We still have some some time left here in Detroit. Yeah, we've got a lot of time, and and uh, you know, Detroit is an amazing city. I think it, it's undersold by a lot of people, but it's a it's a delightful place. You know, it's got a great rich history when it comes to transportation. This is one of the reasons we wanted to be here for Bus World North America. Yeah, we've had a great time. You know, we've been out and seen a lot of cool places. There's a lots of great restaurants to eat downtown. And uh, it's always fun, like, looking across the, the water there. And you're seeing Canada, right? That's right. You can swim over there and be in another country. And it's fun, like, looking at downtown when you see all the historic buildings at that point in American history. You know, this was at one time the richest city in the world, right? Well, that, and that's, uh, you know, one of the tours we did the other day was actually focused on architecture because there's so much unique architecture here. You know, you had so many different nations coming here, right? The Italians and Germans and other immigrants from all over the world, and they all brought their own cultures and they all brought their own architecture with them. So depending on what part of town you're in, you know, there's a section of town called Greek Town and there's other sections like that that are just so unique that you only find in Detroit. Yeah, we've had a great time. I'm on the 16th floor, so we get to see a lot of the city and it's fun because it's fun watching it uh, from sunset to sunrise and all the different textures as as the light and night. So it's I like actually I was up at 2 a.m. last night just checking out the city. So it, it's a lot of fun. But you got how many people here? I think we're going to have final counts going to be very close to 3,000, maybe a little less. And uh, as compared to what we had last year in 2022, we were at about 1,600 on site. Well, it's so, fun uh, watching the double. spirit. Spirit, no, it's fun. They're, they're spirited. They're happy. Uh, everybody's see- everybody's happy. You know, they're back in business. They're you know, depending on who you talk to and what segment, they're busier than they've ever been. The bus operators are uh, are cranking right now. Most of them, especially on the charter and tour side, and there's not an operator I talk to that doesn't tell me they're, they're leaving business on the table because they don't have enough equipment or they don't have enough drivers. But the business is out there, and it's going to be even busier in 2023. And they're getting their price. And they're getting the price. They're getting the price they should have gotten many, many years ago. Um, you know, but it's a classic supply and demand curve, right? 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot more supply, and, and it drugged down the economics. It drugged down the value of the industry. You know, now the industry is probably right-sized, and, and they're getting what they should get. So we have we got two rooms here this year. We've we've got the, you know the classic ABA experience with all the travel people next door, and they're taking appointments, meeting with motor coach people, and people are doing business and getting getting their their, their itineraries planned. And then you come over here, and you, and you've got Bus World. And uh, yesterday I had the actually the opportunity to sit down with Vincent, and it was really good hearing the, the Bus World mission and uh, you know the, their global presence and all the places that they do do business in, and actually being able to bring that uh, to North America. Yeah, this is a, a unique show, right? Because it brings together holistically all the group travel components, right? Whether it's the travel piece, whether it's a hotel or a restaurant or a tour somewhere together with the tour planner who puts butts in seats ultimately and goes out to charter the bus. And then on the bus world side, the equipment and all the supplies that go with that. So you've got every aspect of group travel, motor coach travel in one place at the same time. It's pretty unique. For sure. And uh, so we are on the other side of COVID. 
We're seeing our numbers again. We're seeing, uh, we, we, we've already said that they're sold out. Uh, travel is back. What, what, so what do you see, you know, when people talk about inflation and other things, I don't really think that's affecting travel right now, is it? No, you know, there's been, as you say, there's been so much pent-up demand that, that that's certainly overshadowing, you know, what people would normally see during a, during a downturn in the economy, you know, during inflation where they typically would pull back. You know, travel is one place where I think they won't do that. I mean, it's always been something that people said, you know, I'm going to travel, I want to go. Very few things that are going to impact that, and I think you're seeing that right now. And put that on top of the fact that they hadn't been able to go for a couple of years, you know, it, it, it more than overshadows anything going on in the economy, I think, right now. So what do you see on the horizon? We're, you know, really first quarter of 2023, uh, you know, in the next year, year and a half. Where, where are we headed? Well, I, you know, I think based on what I'm hearing from everybody that's here, from all the segments, 2023 is going to be gangbusters when it comes to travel, motor coach travel, certainly specifically. Uh, we're going to see people out and moving again. We're going to see you know, inbound travel from Europe, inbound travel from China, hopefully. And we haven't seen that for at least the last three years. So if you take, you know, if you look at the fact how busy the industry has been, the coach industry has been uh, in 22, and the fact that they couldn't meet capacity, it's going to be even worse worse or better, depending on your perspective, but even more demand and, and very little additional supply. You know, we're not going to see that many more buses on the road. We're not going to see many more, many new companies coming out. So it just means the, the supply and demand curve is, is going to be even more out of whack, but in favor of the bus and motor coach industry. So great time to, to be in the industry, probably a great time to come into the industry. And I think, you know, if I look longer term out, you're going to begin to see companies start to come into this space, right? Because there is so little supply right now, and others will come in to fill that void. You know, the trick is that I hope the Department of Transportation doesn't do what they did 20 years earlier, which is say anybody can come into the business. They've got to make sure that people are coming in that are going to be able to meet demand and that are going to be good business people. Most importantly, they're going to be safe. So now we uh, go from prevent to back to offensive so now that we're seeing the being on the other side of COVID and having to deal with all of that where what's your mission what's your focus as we move forward with ABA well you know we've always been focused very heavily on government affairs and regulatory affairs you know we've been focused on trends in the industry you know doing studies and research in fact we're going to come out this week with a study that we just completed that looked at the whole driver shortage issue and that study will show that there's a little under 30,000 motor coach drivers and there's a demand for almost 7,500. Wow. So when you put that in perspective, it's about, you know, we're about 25% down. We need 25% more drivers than we have right now. And you hear about, you know, the trucking industry saying, well, we need 50 or 60,000. In, in percentages, you know, that's almost nothing compared to where we are. And so, you know, the driver shortages issue has hit this industry, you know, almost as, as much as, you know, what we saw in the last few years. So part of the challenge, I think, it, as, as an association, is going to be to work with our operators, you know, look at programs that we can offer to them or help them to be more relevant when it comes to recruiting. You know, I was talking to an operator the other night, and he said, uh, he said, we don't even advertise for drivers. We don't say it's a job. You know, it's an opportunity for us to give you money to be a part of our family and a part of our team. And that's the way they, they're marketing and promoting themselves in order to get more, more drivers coming in. So do we 
how do we fix that problem? I mean, what, 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 I mean, what do you see? What do you hear? I mean, I know you, you get to talk to thousands of people and they all give you different opinions. Uh, how do we address that problem? Well, I, th I think that's one where the downturn in the economy might help us a little bit, right? Because while we're going to continue to go strong as travel and, and motor coach, you know, some of the under, other industries aren't doing so well. You know, you're seeing the tech companies lay off tens of thousands of people. Yep. You know, you're seeing other industries drop some folks. And, and I was talking to one of the companies out in the West Coast that does a lot of tech transportation work. They said, you know, if there's a, another 50,000 workers available, they're not all going to become bus drivers, you know, but there might be you know, one out of 1,000 that wants to do that, and that's 50 new drivers. Maybe it's, you know, one out of, one out of 500. So, you know, that, the downturn in the economy is going to, going to help. It's going to free up the labor market a little bit. You know, I think coming out, again, out of the last few years, there were a lot of people that stayed home or, or decided to go into the gig economy and find their own way. You know, some of those folks are tired of being home, and some of the folks that tried to gig aren't gigging anymore, right? And they're looking for, for, for regular, steady employment. Uh, so you have opportunities there to hopefully pick up more, not only more drivers, but, you know, employees overall. It was, we were, we had the opportunity to sit down with the folks at Father Son, 10 years Eagle Christian Tours in Rome, Georgia, yeah. and I found out that they're actually the, the highest paying company in the region, wow. which I thought was very interesting. Um, so, uh, and, and their their culture of attracting drivers and getting them out, th out there on the road. Well, I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about, the whole supply and demand issue and the right sizing of the industry, part of the challenge before is when you had so many companies, too many companies and too many coaches out there, you know, it drug down the economies of the industry. So for those great operators even, it made it harder and harder to reinvest because they had to be so price competitive with their competition and with companies that, in many cases, didn't even know what it cost to run a, run a coach. So those companies that wanted to invest more maybe couldn't have invested as much in their drivers, in maintenance, in, in, in their operations as they wanted to because they were kind of held back. Now you're seeing not only are other companies getting a better, better price because the coach is valued more, but they're able to take that and reinvest it back in their drivers and other programs. That's awesome. Um, what about technology and electric? We know electric's coming quickly. We know the Biden administration put a lot of money on the street for electric. Uh, we know electric works in certain markets. We know the battery technology is getting better. Um, what do you see being in D.C.? And um, where are we headed with that? Well, it, you know, it's frustrating to watch in some ways because when they talk about trying to get people out of cars, trying to get rid of the, you know, reduce the carbon footprint, we're already the solution to that. We've been we've been doing that for decades, getting people out of cars. We are the most efficient form of transportation when it comes to fuel usage on a per person basis, or when it comes to emissions on a per person basis. So we're already a solution. But as they look beyond that, and obviously, as you said, putting a lot behind electric, you know, the reality is that electric, while it works technologically doesn't work everywhere that that trip that tour that's leaving you know washington dc and coming out here to detroit on a on a four-day trip and needs to stop and needs to tour along the way it needs to run the air conditioner and the heater you know, when it's time to charge that coach they pull into the you know the quick mart and try to charge it it's going to take four or five hours and oh by the way the way those are configured for cars that probably don't work for the coach you know, so that's a that's an obvious challenge. The infrastructure for motor coach and for commercial vehicles, unless you've got your own fleet, your own terminals, just isn't there right now. Uh, the other challenge, obviously, as you know, 
you know, we're trying to, this administration is trying to drive everybody to electric. We, we haven't built a new power plant in, I think, 20 or 30 years. Yeah. So as, as the demand increases and there's absolutely no more supply, you know, what do you do when the bus stops and there's no electric around to charge it or the good grid won't accept it? Well, we're going to see that in California. We spend a lot of time out there, and uh, they're having to turn, you know, do throughout the day up to when you start, when everybody's pushing, you know, plugging that, that, that electric vehicle, and it is going to be a serious impact on the grid. Yeah. And, and obviously, as you know, in motor coach, the other challenge is, you know, you, you lose the baggage bay, right? So on a long-distance trip, it doesn't work. It has applications. There's no question about it. In, in short runs and commuter runs, we're coming back to the to the garage at night where you have the ability to charge it or where it's sitting for a long period of time and can charge it. Makes perfect sense. Somebody's got to pay for it. And at the end of the day, either the customer's going to pay for it. More importantly, the federal government ought to pay for it. They're paying for it in school bus. They're paying for it in transit. We are public transportation just like a transit system. We're just not funded through the public. So if we're going to be a public transportation network, then the government ought to be able to put some resources behind that, just as they are for school bus and transit. Well, let's get back to clean diesel technology. Yeah. It's clean, right? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've been through a lot of uh, oversight with the federal government. Uh, you know, we've been working on a, a, the technology. We've gone through Regen where uh, it's still, when you put passengers on the bus, we know, we know it's a fossil fuel, but at the end of the day, it's still the most productive way to get people, oh. up, get people in coaches, right? Oh, and there's a lot of, lot of places in this country where they will tell you that the, the uh, emissions coming out of the back end of the tailpipe are a lot cleaner. Than the air that than the air that was coming into the front end of the bus, so yeah, it, you know, it's, we've had clean diesel technology for years. The federal government continued to ratchet down, you know, the emissions and force the engine manufacturers to change their technology, which you know, obviously good for the environment. There was a cost of that. And again, everyone bears the cost of that, um, but they continue to try to ratchet down. I'm not sure. I think they're at a point where there's not much more they can do. Um, you know, beyond moving to electric or hydrogen. You know, hydrogen is another one you hear a lot about. Uh, a lot of manufacturers are focused on hydrogen, but again, at the end of the day, you know, we don't have the infrastructure there to be able to do it widely and embrace it widely, uh, as, as many people hope. It'll be there. It'll just take a little bit longer, I think, for, certainly for this industry. And I think at the end of the day, you know, if I, if I look out the next 10 years, you're going to have different vehicles for different applications, right? You're going to have a, an electric vehicle for that vehicle that's coming back or maybe for commuter runs, you know, for point-to-point -point service. Maybe you're going to have hydrogen. But for those very long-distance trips, you're probably still going to have diesel. What have we not talked about that you'd like to share with our audience on the Motorcoast channel? You know, I think we've pretty much covered the ground in all aspects of tour and travel. We're excited to have you here, excited for you to be here with us in Detroit, as we are to have the Bus World North American folks. As we said earlier, you know, first time they've been to North America. Um, they'll be back with us again in 2025 when we're in Philadelphia. Um, you know, we, uh, we look forward, obviously, to having our marketplace next year. Uh, we'll probably, and that'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. We'll probably also have a bus world education component at Marketplace as we have for the last couple of years where they bring a lot of their education components and, and, and uh, vision from around the world. So we're excited about that. So lots going on. Uh, I think on the Washington DC front, we're gonna see a lot of regulatory activity for the next couple of years. I mean, Congress, I think everybody would, would admit is pretty much dysfunctional uh, in both the house and in both houses. 
And so to get anything meaningful through Congress over the next two years, as everybody focuses on the presidential election, probably isn't going to happen. That leaves a void to do things, and that means the administration will in all likelihood step in and fill that void by cranking out more regulation over the next few years. So that's, that's what we're looking forward to. Well, we're here with Pete Pantuzo. He is the president and CEO of the American Bus Association. We appreciate you having us in Detroit for this wild party that's going on and all this economic activity that's going on. And we thank you for spending a few minutes with us on the Motor Coach Channel. Thank you, Ryan. Like what you hear on the Motor Coach Channel? Get involved and contact us to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We'd love to hear from you. Motorcoach Channel at gmail.com. <laughs>